It bears repeating that the beleaguered Los Angeles Unified School District, it's the nation's second largest with two-thirds of a million school kids, is on its ninth change of superintendent in 20 years. One man served three different times. After some off-the-chart outsiders, like a Colorado governor and a former vice admiral, the newest superintendent couldn't be more of an insider. Michelle King's worked nearly 40 years in the district as student aide, teacher, principal, and chief deputy superintendent. After working in the shadow of so many others, what light of her own will she shine? The Unified School Board made history today by choosing the first African-American woman to be the new superintendent. Michelle King. Lots of fanfare to welcome the new LAUSD superintendent, Michelle King, who will now head the second largest school district in the country with more than 640,000 students. At the age of 50... As you know, there are many people, some of them are parents, some of them are public officials, there are even some teachers who think that the LAUSD is a mess. One of the candidates for the job that you got used the word mess when he took himself out of the running. So why do they think that, and what can you say to help change their minds? Um, I think they might say that because they're on the outside, and they're not actually immersed or are, are part of the LAUSD family. And so like any family, you don't know necessarily the inner workings until you're engaged uh, and involved in it. And um, as you know, I've been part of this district for a very long time and um, from a teacher through the administrative ranks. And I would say no, it, it isn't, it's not a mess. As a matter of fact, I think LA has some of the most efficient uh, processes and systems in place. When we look at some of the, the pieces that we've had to deal with, uh, some crisis issues, no one responds better uh, in a crisis than LAUSD. And I believe in our district, I believe in our in teachers, and I, can, I believe that we are gonna uh, be able uh, to get it done. Yes, it's a second largest school district. It's complex, it's a, it's a complex place to be, um, but it's a great district and I look forward to the challenge. Yours is the ninth time in 20 years that the district's had a new superintendent. How have these course changes affected the district, do you think? You know, I think when you don't have uh, stability, it's, it's impactful. And when you have change that is occurring every two or three years, that's difficult uh, for the system. And instead of moving forward, I think it's more of a stop and start, a stop and start. Uh, and so to be able to bring some stability to the system, I think is important. Uh, it's important for the morale of the, of the uh, employees. Um, it helps them have a sense of comfort so that they can focus on what I need them to do, which is teaching and learning um, in the classroom. Um, otherwise, you're always looking for the next thing that's going to happen, and, and that's disruptive. Parents want the best for their kids, of course, and there are parents who want the best for their kids who've gone to charter schools, charter school options, about 100,000 students in six years. So what is your take on charter schools and how they fit into the LAUSD plan? Um, LA, as you know, um, authorizes more charters than anywhere else in the country. And charter schools and charter school students are part of LAUSD. It's, it's one LAUSD family and all the kids, all the students, uh, we want the best for them. And I think it's, it's detrimental for us to have entities pitted against one another when our common goal is to have our kids be successful and prepared for the 21st century. Many parents, and particularly when your kids get older, you seek where they, what their interests are and you try to find the best fit for them. 
Um, and so I believe that should be available for all parents. And some folks are interested in STEM, some are in the performing arts, some are interested in a different approach, uh, Project Lead the Way or project-based learning. So I think it, it behooves us as educators to make sure that we have the variety of options so that our kids are able to connect because what we don't want to happen is our kids not to connect to any of the organizations or institutions and to find themselves as, as dropping out of school. You studied biology, you were a science teacher, and you're unusual in that you're an African-American woman mm -hmm. in the sciences. Mm -hmm. What would you like to do about enhancing STEM study and getting students excited about that? I think we have to instill it at a younger age. I think we have to go to the elementary schools and we have to reintroduce the, um, the idea of, of inquiry and, and curiosity and exploration because that's what's fun about science. Is, is that what got you excited? It did. Uh, because it's hands-on. Cutting up frogs? I did. And, I, and in my classes, they did that. We did dissections. And the, they loved that. But we have to go back to that. Because I think children are naturally inquisitive. They naturally want to know uh, about things and how they happen, about the animal kingdom and what's happening in astronomy. And we have to really tap into that and build on that at a young age. And then as they move through uh, middle school and certainly into high school, afford them those opportunities for engagement and exploration and inquiry, hands-on, not just about the textbook and what we read in textbooks, but you gotta really make it what I call real science. Uh, and real science is digging into it and not necessarily always coming to the answer, uh, which is a, a piece that folks don't really uh, realize. It's really about the search for, for answers and it's that process of searching and not necessarily like in math ending up with the right answer. Um, we have a number of STEM schools opening up. We have an all-girls STEM school opening up in the fall, uh, which I am excited about. Um, met with a group of students yesterday, and one of the things they said is, Ms. King, what can we do about girls getting more involved in STEM, and how can we push girls? And when I, I told them about the school, they were so excited that we were going to have this opportunity. And one of the girls said, you see, this is important because sometimes it's hard for us to perform when we have boys around. Does. Why is that? Well, you know, as girls, girls want to, you know, be, you know, thought of as a different way for guys, and they want guys to see them a different way. And sometimes they don't want to be perceived, I think, um, as the smart one, the know-it-all. So girls, I think, behave differently sometimes when they're in the company of boys, particularly boys they might like. There are problems with test scores, problems with graduation rates compared to other districts. Actually, our graduation rate is, is up and it has been increasing steadily. So I think when you see movement in a, in a forward direction and a trajectory upward, um, I wouldn't say that there are problems, but are there, is there work to be done? Certainly. Our goal is 100% graduation. You're confronting the, this proposal that's coming to enroll half the students in charter schools in eight years. You said, I'm not for or against the plan, I'm about LA Unified's plan but that proposal could affect LA Unified's plans. Um, it could uh, affect, and that's why, it, as I said before, I'm not about uh, uh, either or. I don't support any, anything that says this is the way, this is the only way. 
uh, because I don't believe there is such a thing that you can say, if you just do X, this is will happen. This is the best thing. I again feel that it's important to have a variety of possibilities. Um, and so I don't feel it's right to promote something like that because I don't want parents to believe that if I just go here, then this is the silver bullet that will solve all of the ills and the problems. I mean, we know that like all schools, there are really outstanding charters and there's some that need a lot of work. There are outstanding uh, traditional schools and some that need some work. And so it, it's divisive, I feel, and to pit educators, it put them in a situation where they're against each other rather than working together to ensure that kids get to graduation. The goal of making all the graduates eligible for admission to state colleges, there, there are a lot of good and important jobs in society that aren't college jobs. So why do you think that goal is important? It's about giving, making sure that students, when they leave LAUSD, have the choice to go to um, a Cal State or a UC if they select to to apply to that or go to a career. But it's not okay, I don't believe, to put them on a track where once they get to the time for graduation at the 12th grade, that that option's not available to them if they so choose. You know, teenagers change their mind every day almost. And so in ninth grade, I might not want to go. In 11th grade, I might decide, hey, I want to do this. There are such a range of students in the LAUSD. You have kids who just arrived from Central America who may not even speak Spanish. Kids who come from homes where they don't know their colors or their numbers and they don't have clothes to wear versus kids in the West Valley who are very well off. Mm -hmm. One size fits all doesn't work no. for that. That's a, a significant piece that um, it's not a one-size-fits-all and I believe in a decentralization and really empowering school sites for school site decision-making and designing and creating what works best for the community just for that reason and so what, what might work in the West Valley might not work at a, at a Hawkins or at a LA High. You really have to go in and understand the culture um, and the stakeholders in a community and then build the program that works best for them. Does that address questions of breaking up the district because it's simply too big? I don't agree that it's too big and maybe it's because I have been in this district and it has served me well and served certainly my children well. And small doesn't necessarily mean it works better. You've been an LAUSD parent, LAUSD teacher. What are the most profound differences from those days to now? So what I remember most is as a student, I had choices like electives uh, in school. And so when I was in, in junior high, I remember I took cooking and I remember I took some other thing, painting, I think, and things that were interest, of interest to me. But over the years with, you know, budget reductions being one and the need to try to put in many intervention programs, those started to disappear to the point where students didn't have opportunities for those types of choices anymore. That's a big shift that I see that happened. In addition to some of the extracurricular opportunities, I remember a plethora of clubs that would happen um, when I was there in activities, and we have some at some schools, but not like it was for my memory uh, when I was growing up. So I think we want to certainly, and as I talk to the students, that's something we need to recapture because that's what made school school for kids and engage them, made them want to come, 
want, made them want to be involved, and I think it helped to create a more well-rounded uh, individual. So the academic piece is important, but I think so is the other social, emotional, ac uh, uh, extracurricular pieces because I think they also contribute to your education as a student. Well, Superintendent, thanks for your time. <laughs> Thank you. Pat Morrison Asks is produced for the Los Angeles Times by Pat Morrison and engineered and edited by Todd Levin. The news audio is from KCAL 9. You can find the transcript at latimes.com. I am Pat Morrison. Mm -hmm.